we do welcome you to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Richard Durrington, and your host, as always, is Fred. October has been a month of joy and encouragement in the celebration of our first anniversary. Our focus will change slightly. God's comfort is our intention. When our greatest need is solace, it awaits us in the Word of God. The Bible does not aggrandize the lives of biblical characters, yet they are examples of consolation in the deepest valleys of sorrow. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Welcome back to the Free Range Preacher Month of Encouragement and Comfort. I decided to combine those two. It actually makes a lot of sense to combine those two because that's what we're doing. So I do welcome you back. I'm glad you came back. And we are now in the comfort section of this podcast, these 30 days. And if you've been listening, you know the history, so I won't go over that again. But I am glad you're here for Sarah's Satisfaction. And this actually turned into a two-parter because there are two elements that I want to cover to maximize our hope, to maximize the reason that we're doing this, to give us that comfort that we need. And as we have been exhorted the last couple of days, we want to move forward by faith just one more day. And if you've been in the midst of sorrow, troubled with sorrowful thoughts, depression, you know that sometimes one more day seems like a long time. But that's all we're asking, because the Word of God gives us hope, the Word of God gives us direction, and one more day, giving God one more day to see His will revealed, will be to our benefit. And the Scripture moves us to comfort, and we're going to see this in Sarah's life as well. Yesterday was a little hard, because we had to leave Sarah in the episode in the midst of making an unfortunate decision, and then having to deal with the consequences of those decisions. And we see in her life that waiting on God's promises would have been a good idea as well. But we also saw the pressures that can make us or push us or make us feel constrained to go in one direction or another. And in this case, it was a combination of the promises of God and the pressure that she had in her own life, in her internal pressures and in the external pressures of her culture that made her feel disgraced because she didn't have any babies. And what we're going to do today and tomorrow is we're going to look at two aspects of the same promise, two aspects of the same comfort to our souls. And we're going to see today, and probably a little bit tomorrow, that our faithlessness does not affect his faithfulness. Sarah's actions did not keep God's promises from coming true for her. And our greatest hope What we cling to from our inner man is that God's promises are real and that he is faithful to accomplish them. And Sarah's life is an example of that. It is natural for us to feel that once we've sinned, maybe gone too far in our eyes, but we have purposely gone against God's will and his word and his promises that the God who loves us is not going to love us anymore and that he indeed may be done with us, and we've forfeited the promises. 
Our fear is that we've caused God to turn from us, and we have lost his favor. Now, the good news is we see in Sarah's life that that did not happen. She did have the promised son through Abraham, and she had a son who loved her and who was so heartbroken when she went to heaven that Abraham immediately sent for a wife for Isaac. And the Bible tells us that Isaac was truly comforted through Rebecca. And I always get Rebecca and Rachel mixed up. Not always, but a lot of times. But we do understand what we struggle with and how we feel. And however we express it, we see that reflected in Scripture. And indeed, we can cry out with the sons of Korah in Psalm 44. Yet thou hast rejected us and brought us to dishonor and dost not go out with our armies. They felt rejected and they called out. And we remember from Psalm 51 what David says, Do not cast me away from thy presence, and do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. And if you'll remember, this prayer is a prayer of repentance in response to David's adultery and murder. And our sins have probably been much less than that, but we understand that feeling, don't we? We don't want to be cast away from God's presence. And in Psalm 102, the psalmist reads this, or says this, Because of thine indignation and thy wrath, for thou hast lifted me up and cast me away. That's how we feel sometimes. Psalm 71, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength runs out, is basically the psalm. Many of God's people have cried out that way. We are not the only ones. You and I are not the only ones who struggle and feel depression. But the good news is we're not alone. We've talked about that. The Bible speaks to us. We've talked about that. And we can seek him through his word and for his healing. But he's not done with us yet. I mentioned in the first or second episode that if you're alive, that means God has a plan. And you can take hope in that. But sometimes we do get that feeling that we've sacrificed the promises of God. We've sacrificed Jeremiah 29:11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And some argue that that's not a specific promise for us, and perhaps it's not, but it is how God works. It's specifically for us because that's what he's working and doing in our lives. So we can use that verse. The principle is there. We have a future and a hope. And Sarah is proof of that. In Romans 8, 28, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, those are both promises that we might have thought we lost, but Sarah didn't. 2 Timothy has a very interesting passage uh, in chapter 2, 11 through 12. And he says this, For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. And if we stopped there, that would be pretty frustrating for us. But then we go to verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And we need to come to understand that he is faithful. And just like Peter, who denied Jesus, was restored, we can be restored. And again, Sarah is proof of that. And then I love Deuteronomy 7, 9, where Moses says, Know therefore the Lord your God, he is God the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindnesses to a thousandth generation with those who love him and keep his commandments. He is faithful, and the keeping his commandments, I believe, can be stretched into faith. 
We have faith in him. We confess when we break his commandments. We repent when we break his commandments. But our hearts, our inner man, wants to do the commandments of God. And we know that. And he's faithful to a thousand generations. And then in Titus, Paul writes to Titus, and he's talking about circumstances. But he says, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised ages ago. And one of the tenets of that is usually, if there is something God can't do, then he can't be God, which is just silliness. But we do know that God cannot lie, and our faith is sure, and our salvation is sure. Now here's a little hint for tomorrow, but we read in Hebrews 11.11, By faith, Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, also there was born of one man and him as good as dead at that, as many descendants, as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. And what we're going to focus on tomorrow is Sarah and the fulfillment of those promises that she was looking to, despite her sin, despite her emotions, which may have led her to that sin, and her legacy as well. So don't be afraid. Don't believe in the false notion that you can ruin everything and that as a Christian you can make God in any way cast you off. And that's our comfort. Many things can bring us down. We know we made some bad decisions. We know we sinned. And Sarah is an example of a biblical character with great pressures that we looked at yesterday who sinned and paid the natural consequences of her actions. Remember, she had to see Hagar with Ishmael and Abraham with Ishmael. But God wasn't done with her. He's going to fulfill his promises. And we see in John 13, Jesus said, From now on, I'm telling you before it comes to pass, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. And truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. And that was a little awkward in my reading. Sorry about that. But if you listened to the gospel and that long line of succession of those people that God has sent and you believed, then you've received the person he's sent, the whomever you've listened to. And that means you've received him. And when you received him, all his promises are to you. And his promises to be faithful is to you. We see with Joshua, God told him he was going to be with him like he was with Moses. And he says, I will not fail you or forsake you. And that's familiar to us, isn't it? He's also working through you. As you might say, well, he's, there's things going on around me, I know. But he's working through you. In Philippians 1.6, Paul says this about the Philippians, who he hasn't seen for a while. And I can say this, you know, I haven't ever seen you at all, most of you. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He began it, he will mature you, and he will perfect it, your life, in the day of Christ. When it's time to go meet Jesus, you're going to meet him as Romans 8.1 says, and I'm going to meet him as Romans 8.1 says, without condemnation. What a glorious thing. What a glorious hope that we have. And we see illustrated in the life of Sarah because she did have Isaac as her son, didn't she? That's what was promised. And she didn't get to see the great nation. But if he promised the hardest thing, which was after 35 years, opening her womb and having Isaac birthed, 
she went to her grave to be gathered with her people, as the Old Testament says, knowing that God was working. So he's working in you as well, not just around you, but he's working in you. And then we see this beautiful passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, one of my favorite passages. And Paul says this to them after a long string of exhortations. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, without blame, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. And we will see the realities of those as we give him one more day. I mentioned, I believe, in episode three, a time in my life when it was very dark and very glum, and I was confronted with the word of God that says, Rejoice always, which it says more than once. And I, without any exaggeration, had nothing I felt I could rejoice in. And so I began rejoicing that I wasn't dead. It took several days before it occurred to me that not being dead means that he had a plan for me to finish the race. And so now I could rejoice that I wasn't dead, and now I could rejoice that there was a reason that I wasn't dead. And a few days later, if you'll remember, he changed the direction of my life. And I don't want to recount all that, but it all started with giving him one more day, reading his word. I'm not even sure how I got to those passages. I shared that with you as well, because I was confronted with Philippians where it says rejoice always. And I said, and I thought, you can't be serious. You're not telling me to do that. And then the next day, I don't remember how, but I got to First Thess- Thessalonians. I have a hard time saying that out loud. And before verse 23 that we just read, he says, rejoice always. That's verse 16. So I began to rejoice because I wasn't dead. And then I began to rejoice in the realization that he had a plan. And a few more days later, his plan became clear. My priorities changed. So as we've said for the last couple of days, I promise you, even if you're suffering, it will be okay. God's faithfulness and God's character are the reason it will be okay, even better than okay at some point. And they're also the reason that we can give him one more day. And if all you can think to rejoice in right now is that you're not dead, start there and begin to rejoice. And now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, without blame, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Tomorrow we will look at Sarah's satisfaction through her legacy. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and make his face to shine upon you, and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Free Range Preacher. We hope you enjoyed it and will join us for our next broadcast coming up soon. For Fred and myself, this is Richard Durrington saying, make it a godly fun-filled day.